Church family, you know, something I've never understood is the polar plunge. I know Chicagoans have been doing it for a while. Even some celebrities come to Chicago just to participate. There's Al Roker and Jimmy Fallon. I know it goes to a great cause, supporting the Special Olympics for Children and other children's charities. I just don't understand why anyone would do it. See, here's the deal. Growing up in Wisconsin, if you fell into a lake during winter, that was called an accident, not an event. You didn't pay money to do that. You knew that the only reason you wanted to be on a lake was because of fish. And even then, the best way to do it was to build a makeshift house called a shanty. So, I know they've been doing it for a while, but I just don't understand why anyone would do it. Give money, support good causes, but don't jump in the lake. And I bring this up because intuitively we know what should happen during certain seasons, don't we? Intuitively. Right now, I don't have to convince you guys to stop mowing your lawn or don't plant any flowers or don't harvest any veggies. That's not going on. No, intuitively, we know it's winter. And so we're making sure the furnace works and stocking up on fuzzy socks and weighted blankets and making sure the hot chocolate's in the cupboard after the kids get done with sledding. That's the season we're in. And the reason the polar plunge sticks out is kind of my first takeaway, that I believe to fight against a season, it's, it's foolish. That's why it looks foolish. This reminds me of being in college. We were in New Ulm, Minnesota. Beautiful New Ulm, Minnesota. Frigid New Ulm, Minnesota. And it didn't matter. Um, in every year that I went there, there was a segment usually of guys who no matter the temperature would still wear shorts and flip-flops. I don't know if they didn't have sweaters. Um, I don't know if they were from a different climate. I don't know if they were just protesting against the weather. But it was foolishness. And they paid for it. In fact, to fight against a season looks ridiculous in many regards. Consider if we would all take a church event going to County Line Orchard expecting that we could harvest apples. They'd laugh at us. Or consider when you've seen an adult try to act like a teenager. You ever, you ever see that? These adults still want to eat whatever they want, stay up as late as they want, try to do one-hand push-ups, right? It's foolish. Or what happens when a young child, maybe a grade schooler, wants the responsibility of an adult? I want to do this on my own. I want to live on my own. Let me. Foolish. So something's so much better than fighting against the season is this. To know there is a time for everything. There's a time to be out on the lake, right? It's just right not, not right now. And there is a season for every activity under the heavens. These are the words and the perspective of God. We know and should operate within seasons. At this point, I wanted to pause and I wanted to say to our church family, good to see you. Always. And I want to say to our guests and visitors, so glad you found us. And one of my hopes and prayers is that this would be a season where you would know the goodness and love of God like never before. That this would be your season of faith. A season where you give God great glory as you dwell in the peace that he won for you. But in order to do that, we need wisdom. And so we're beginning a new series and it's called Hindsight. And um, 
I know that we are over the year that has just passed. The year that will live in infamy. And I promise you, I won't even say its name. Right? We're so done. But here's what I'm convinced of. There's still stuff we could learn from what went on. There are truths that, that, that can fuel us for the future based on what has transpired. In fact, when it comes to the year that has just gone by, the year that will not be named, you know something I wish I would have done earlier? Understood the season and accepted it. Here's what I mean. When COVID came and things changed, it threw a wrench into the systems of life. It threw a wrench into what work looked like. It threw a wrench into travel and family. It threw a wrench into school. And it threw a wrench into church, too. And maybe you can relate to this, but it took a while to understand how to get the wrench out and the system going. Maybe if you were a student, you were waiting for the wrench to be taken out and going back to normal. And, and so you kind of pushed off this online learning stuff. You didn't really groove with it because you were fighting against it. Maybe for some who at work, you know, had it change. You were fighting against, you know, staying at home and what it was to do all these Zoom meetings, just hoping that it would be different. Many people who would like to travel and do family different, fighting against what is. I bring this up because even as a church, it took me a while to figure out how to take the wrench out and the system going. <laughs> like trying to reach people who don't have technology right now. Sad to say, it took me months to figure out why not use mail? <laughs> why not mail them the word of God? Ta-da! Why, why couldn't I do that sooner? Or when it comes to volunteers, <laughs> it threw a wrench into our volunteer system. We're just right now taking the wrench out and trying to figure out what do we do now? Or adapt to online presence. I wish I had wisdom to adapt sooner. And that's what I want to talk about with you. Maybe you need that same kind of wisdom. Maybe in 2021, it's a commitment to live life a bit more wise. And so I'm so excited to get into the Word of God because today we have one of my favorite topics from one of my favorite people. God is speaking through Solomon, wisest man who ever lived. And uh, many people say that as he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he's looking back at the uh, end of his life on all the things he learned in hindsight. Because, after all, hindsight is, remember that's here we won't name, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hindsight is clarifying. Hindsight is uh, perspective giving, right? It is not, we won't name the year. And as we learn from Solomon today, uh, we actually probably have heard these words even in pop culture. Uh, probably most famously, the birds uh, just ripped off Solomon almost word for word in their song, Turn, Turn, Turn. And, um, and, and so we're going to learn again from uh, what Solomon has to say about the wisdom over seasons. At this point, as we hear God's word, something we do in honor of the word is just stand as we listen to him speak to us. I invite you to stand. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, 
time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. These are the powerful words of God. As he puts together all these times, some have said it, it is meant to encapsulate the whole of someone's life. Every season kind of uh, figured out in here. And uh, as we've considered these, could you say out louder to someone next to you uh, the sermon title? Accept your season. Accept your season. Accept your season. Please be seated. And as we uh, go with this message today, uh, I want to let you know where we're going, the landscape. We're going to talk about two errors of not accepting your season and one opportunity. Are you ready? Pinch the person next to you if they've fallen asleep. Don't worry. You can do that in church. So I want to get off with our error first. And error number one is this, that some people believe and strive for a balanced life. And I want to spend some time debunking this myth. Are you ready? I want to bring up people who have started their own business. Do you have friends or family members who were ever part of a startup venture? I recently observed a startup called Copper State in Green Bay. And this was a restaurant and brewery where my old college classmate um, is the brewmaster. And it's really interesting to see all that goes in when it comes to time and money and energy to get a business off the ground. To do anything new takes a huge amount of creativity. To get momentum going for a business takes word of mouth and time. It takes a huge investment of sweat equity, putting in all that you've got if you've ever been part of a business startup. And compare that, if you will, to someone who just signed up for a 9 to 5. Compare that to someone who is falling under the umbrella of a boss in a company who tells you when you stop working and when you start working, here are your known benefits and, and, and what you're going to get paid. <laughs> there is no comparison. Those are two completely different scenarios. There's no balance in the work world. Or then think of seasons of life. I have uh, some pastor friends who are empty nesters, and pastor friends who have a bunch of knee highs. When it comes to spending family time, there is no balance. I've talked to some who said, you know what, the kids aren't here, so I'm going to continue on, and I've never worked as much because my home is empty, and what else am I going to do? And then others would say, man, I'm struggling. <laughs> I didn't sleep last night. I have to watch a kid this hour, that hour. I am struggling to get it all done. There's no balance. It's just different intensity at different seasons of life. Balance is bunk. In fact, if you want to read more about this, uh, what, what I uh, learned from is this book called Your Life in Rhythm. And there the author said, you know what, um, reading scripture, where does God ever propose living a balanced life? Even when I think of following Jesus, what kind of balance is there? I see more of just an intense all-in kind of commitment. 
And, and then he went on to say, you know, better is to understand the rhythm. And this made sense to me from someone who is in band uh, trying to keep the beat. And so the goal was that if there is a beat established, a beat that is going, how do you groove in that beat rather than making your own? Right? In fact, he, he, he went into kind of the burden of balance and the benefit of rhythm. I want to share with you a little bit of that. The burden of balance is this. You have guilt over not giving adequate attention to every priority every time. Where the benefit of rhythm is peace in releasing expectations. They do not fit this time in life and in setting a healthy pace for activities. I'm struck by that and how that works even in our Sunday night conversations in the Bloomer household. See, my wife and I, we talk about the week. Does anyone else do this? The week. Here's the schedule. And we know that during a week, there are certain times with the kids. During the week, there is a certain amount of meeting time and work time. And during the week, there is a certain time that we get to have just by ourselves. Now, on certain days, if I expect that we're going to have time for ourselves, I am fighting the rhythm. <laughs> it is not the day and it is not the time. Where if I expect that that day is going to be more work-related and another day will be more family-related, that's the benefit. Do you see the wisdom here? Or consider this, the burden of balance, busyness and trying to care for every responsibility in every season, benefit of rhythm, fulfillment in seizing unique opportunities offered by each season, and building life-enhancing rituals. And it's not just this book that proposes the benefit. Look again at what Solomon says. He says there is a time to plant and a time to uproot. And if you have any time on a farm, uh, planting crops is way different than letting a field go fallow. A time to mourn and a time to dance. It reminds me of the dichotomy between weddings and funerals. I have yet to be at a funeral where the DJ comes out and starts a dance. I have yet to be at a wedding where they passed out obituaries. Although that reminds me of like a funny joke. Maybe it's not so funny. I'm sorry. That's a bad marriage joke. Or what about this? A time for war and a time for peace. Completely different activities of what a country does, of what people do during those times. There's no balance. It's just different. And so a goal is to live your life in rhythm. But I guess to figure that out, the rhythm, the beat, what season are you in? What season are you in? What are the unique opportunities going on right now? I thought it would just be good to, to dwell there on and I was thinking of everything. I was thinking of children. If you're in your parents' home, this is a season of dependence and obedience. You're not on your own. It is best to be dependent and obedient to those in charge. I was thinking of those who might be home alone. This is a season of some silent and quiet moments, perhaps afforded to you like never before in any other season. I was thinking of those who are trying to make the grade in college. This is a season, maybe, to prove yourself in the world of academia. To make sure you've studied for the test and you pass and you get through so you can do what you want to do next. It's not just looking at, you know, what's going on now. I also consider just calendars. 
when it comes to the year, the month, or the day. I was looking at my calendar, and at least for me, there are some parts of the year that are, are not really great for a break. I don't know if you can relate to that. And so, so to plan a break during some parts is, does not make a lot of sense, where there are other parts of the year that make total sense for that. Looking at the month, I, I see how some weeks are very different based on what's going on. Looking at a day, sometimes knowing that a day has not gone according to plan, and trying to groove with what is. How can you seize the unique opportunities of the season that you're in? That's a goal for today. That's a goal for this year. To dig down a little further, you know, I was considering one person who proved himself righteous by following the season and one person who got into a huge problem because he didn't honor it. It's the dichotomy between a man named Uriah and David. Now, Uriah was a soldier in the army of Israel. And he was invited home by David because David had, something, had done something bad. And while he was told by David to go home to your wife, look at what Uriah said. He said, the ark in Israel and Judah are staying in the tents, and my commander Job and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house? He basically says, this is not the season to be with my wife. The men are at war. If we're at war, that's what I'm going to act like. I'm going to act like there's a war going on, not like it's peacetime. Whereas, why did David get in this debacle in the first place? If you read the first verse of that chapter, it tells us, at the time when kings go off to war, the season is that kings, David, go off to war, you should be going to war. And it led to his worst debacle because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He didn't honor the season. Yes, friends, it's foolish to fight against a season. May God give you wisdom to groove with what is. But there's more to this teaching. And to get to more, I want to get to error number two. Are you ready? Error number two is this, longing for a different season. And I want to bring up the question, if there's any age that you could go back to and live in, what age would you pick? You might be considering an age of life. You might be considering just a time of world history. I wanted to take it to a time of world history. And for me, I want to go back to the 60s. Now, I don't know how many of you lived during the 60s, but for me, here's what I like about the 60s. I like oldies and happy music. I like the Beach Boys and the Four Seasons. I, I was singing Run Around Sue, and even that's a happy song based on the beat, even though it's not a happy story. <laughs> I want to go back to Leave It to Beaver type of, type of shows. Anyone else? I want a show that promotes good old-fashioned family values, things that are just good without the bad. Even if I can't compete with how good the Cleavers were, I still want that promoted versus what I see now. And even though I'd like to live in the 60s, even though I never have, my better sense says this is not a wise thing to think about. Because consider the 60s. What did they also have? Had the Vietnam War and the draft. Had free love and the hippies. Had oppression for lots of groups of people. Maybe it wasn't so good. And so Solomon reminds us, do not say why were the old days better than these, for it is not wise to ask such questions. 
But you know where I get in a rut? And, and maybe you can relate to this. I want the body of a 20-year-old, the mind and money of an adult, the free time of a retiree, and the joy and wonder of a young child. Anyone else? I want to combine all the blessings of every season without taking any of the burdens. That's the life I want to live. It just ain't possible. So the solution? Let me show it to you. He has made everything beautiful in its time. The solution is to know that in every season, we can find something lovely. So let's go back to our scenarios. Kids, remember when I said dependence and obedience? And you're like, oh, I don't like that season. Guess what you don't have to do? Run a company. (laughs) Have a full-time job. Guess what you get to do? You get to play video games to the degree that mom and dad let you. But now is the time for PS5 and VR and Oculus and way to go. It's a season. You might be home alone. Wondering, what do I do with that time? Do you know, you might be afforded more moments to grow in faith than most people. More moments to soak up all of the Christian content that is available. All of the sermons, all of the books, all of the things. Those quiet times with Jesus could be so much right now. Are you working? Maybe it's your season where more than any other time you can be an earner. And you can plan what to do with resources. Like never before. I have a hunch there's something beautiful in your season, even though it's different than someone else. Can I tell you what's beautiful in my season? So I'm driving Bella to school. We got a lot of time in the car. And what this means is that I get to expose her and influence her to all the things in my mind. So we listen to like these devotions on the way to school, right? And we talk about them. And I get to share with her music. And, and please don't judge me for music taste, but I try to, to get to albums that, that I think were significant. Albums like Weezer's Blue Album. I try to say this is one of the best albums that has ever been. I, I know I'm some... I'm losing some of you by saying anyway. But, but you know, it's a season where I can influence Bella like never before. It's an opportunity that will never be reduplicated in the same way, the same season. There's some beauty in that season. But there's also a burden. And what is our nature? I wish it weren't so, but our nature is to gripe about the burden rather than to praise God for the blessing. I was reminded of this as I was reading from God's Old Testament people. They were just brought out of slavery. Think of how awesome that is. And they had one moment where they didn't have enough to eat. And guess what they did in that moment? They said, if only we had died in the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. And whenever I come across this, I laugh. I laugh so much because, are you forgetting, you were slaves. They beat you brutally. Do you remember when Moses went to Egypt and what was happening? You were whipped. All you are remembering is a blessing you no longer have, forgetting the burden that existed. But how different are we? Do you remember what people were complaining about before COVID? If I only had more family time. If I only had more I never see the kids. If my life was just a little less busy, it's insane, all the commitments. If I was just a little less busy, 
Guess what we're complaining about now? What do I do with these kids? They're so in the way, I'm so sick of it. I need to get away from family. Lord, please give me something to do. Please, I've seen everything on Netflix. I don't know what to do. And so here we see. We see that we are still wrestling with our sin, still wrestling with our natural inclination to complain rather than to praise. And so we recognize once again, we need a Savior. And we have one. You don't know something about the Savior? He knew how to groove in rhythm with the season. See, he knew at, at one season, it was going to be a season of dependence. That was going to be beautiful for a time, and we just celebrated that. At Christmas, he was going to be dependent on an earthly mom named Mary. And this according to a season. It says in Galatians this, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, ordered and arranged according to a time. There was another season when his popularity would be so beautiful. It would be beautiful in that time. His three-year earthly ministry, when he wowed a crowd through miracles and teachings, and that was a season that he knew of. It was very strict. He knew what hour it should be. For remember at the wedding of Cana when his mom said, turn, you know, they, they don't have enough wine, and his response was this, woman, my hour, this season of ministry has not yet come, although it would come very quickly as the water turned into wine. There's a season where what was beautiful and highlighted was the sacrifice. And Jesus knew all about it. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. So the Savior gave his life for sinners in desperate need. He died so he could be forgiven. Then a season of power was ushered in. A season where after he rose from the dead, he appeared to over 500 people and he raised back into heaven. He is right now seated at the right hand of God, a position of authority and power, a season of power of which we are still in, where God is in control. And the Savior who operates based on seasons did it all for you knowing what would be beautiful according to the time. How awesome is our God. May you in this hour, in this moment, have the Spirit inform how you are saved through the beauty of Jesus the Savior. But this teaching presents also an opportunity. And to close, I wanted to talk about that. You know the opportunity? It is to trust in the one who controls the seasons. Because you know what I believe? I believe we take too much credit for the season we're in. We take too much credit for the season that we're in. Let me explain. I don't believe anyone single-handedly ushered in this COVID era. And for us to believe that any one of us was responsible for what's happening in the nation right now is taking too much credit for the season that we're in. I don't think any one of us could control the state of our nation. 
all that's going on with the elections and the protests and everything that we're hearing on the news, not any one of us can single-handedly dictate the season that we find ourselves in. But if we take too much credit, thinking that a season we're in is only because of my activity, it will definitely lead to regret. Let me illustrate it this way. Um, I regret something. It has to do uh, with this stock, Tesla, because last year in February, I had a sermon where I said, Elon Musk, he's a game changer, he's amazing. Um, you know, he has made a car that is unlike any other car. And at that time, the stock was traded at $200. I should have invested. Because right now, as he is the richest man in the world at however many billion dollars he has, that stock is being traded at $800 a share. And if I only went back, you know, let me do it over. But it's not wise to think of that. I couldn't control. The reasons I didn't invest then are still true today. I didn't have money and I'm a coward. So it's not good to live as if I were in control of what went on with Tesla. It's not good to, to live as if what if and should have and could have and would have, right? But how tempted are we to live with the would have and should have and could have if, if, if I were in control, right? To think that it was all up to me that I'm in this season. But I've come across something that I thought was super helpful for my own life and maybe for yours. That if you've prayed about something and you can't do anything about it, put it to rest. Let me say it again. If you have prayed about something and there's nothing you can do about it, I invite you to put it to rest and experience peace. Because here's the deal. God told us there would be seasons. See, God knew in one season you would embrace someone just for in another season, them to walk away, be gone, and leave. God knew in one season, you were going to build your life and your business, just for in another season, to watch health be torn down and that business as well. God knew in one season, you would have so much joy, it eclipses every sorrow. There'd be another season where that sorrow eclipsed the joy in a way that you never forgot. And you and I sometimes take too much credit for the season we're in. You know who I'd like to be? Job. Do you remember learning about his season? How his season changed? He was in a season where everything was torn down and it was a season of sorrow. And when everything was torn down in the season of sorrow, when he lost his kids, here's what we don't have recorded in Scripture. He didn't say, why did I let the kids go there? I should have kept them at home. Why did I do that? When he lost his cattle, he didn't say, well, why didn't I have tighter security? If I would have got the ring doorbell barn edition, maybe then they wouldn't have stolen when he lost his health, he didn't say, why didn't I eat organic? I should have been healthier. Do you know what he did say? Interesting conversation with his wife. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Oh, the wisdom there. Because 
What did Job know? He knew that in one season, in the sinful world, things would be good, and in another season, there would be trouble. But he believed that God was still with him. He believed that God was still good and loved him, and he believed that God was still worthy of praise. What's going to happen in this season? Who knows? But may God give you wisdom to live in rhythm with him. May he give you eyesight to see what's beautiful in this time. And may he give you an assurance that if there is still a longing in your heart, there will be a season that eclipses all the others. A season when we're with him forever, for he has set eternity in our hearts. If there is a longing that will someday be met, but may God give you strength right now for the season you're in. Let me pray for you. And so, Heavenly Father, send us your spirit in abundance to give us wisdom over our current season. Open our eyes to the unique blessings and opportunities, the unique ways that we can give you glory. Thank you that according to your control, you sent your son at a set time to redeem us and assure us there will be a season with you. Until that day, grant strength and peace for whatever the season brings. In Jesus' name.